One of my desires as a pastor is that each and every one of us would walk in God's power and plan for your life right now. God doesn't live in time and space. God is eternal. Everything in God's world is now. He doesn't have yesterday. He doesn't have tomorrow. He only has now. He sees everything. He's the beginning and the end. What does that look like in our life? This is the Now Principle with Pastor Chris Gleason, lead pastor of Revolution, a four-square church that meets in Harvard Square, Cambridge, Mass. Join us today as we step into the Now Principle with Pastor Chris, where we ask the question, what will you let God do right now? There's something that happens when we choose to deny our flesh and to honor our spirit. See, Jesus didn't just go out to the wilderness to not eat for 40 days and 40 nights. He went out there to say, I'm not going to honor my flesh. I'm going to honor my spirit. I'm going to spend time with God and I'm not even going to worry about the flesh. And you know what? The flesh, it's constantly telling us to worry about it. I mean, let me tell you, you don't even have to go without eating for a day. Just miss a meal and your flesh is telling you, you got to eat. You're going to die. What's wrong? I mean, I'm starving. How many times have you said, I'm starving to death? There ain't nobody in this room starving to death. But when he was at his weakest, he was spiritually at his strongest. See, what? whatever happened? Do we ever see another place where Satan tried to come at him? No. No, because he said, man, if I can't mess with him when he's that weak, there's nothing I've got. See, understand that in Christ, when we stand, that's what he said, and Paul said, when you've done everything, stand. Because Satan is a bully says that he is like a roaring lion that goes around seeking whom he may devour. But he has nothing in the spirit. The only place he has authority over you is in the flesh. When you stand in the flesh, yeah, he can beat you silly. But when we stand in the spirit, it's done. It says Jesus made a public spectacle out of him. See, that's what you do to a bully. See, whatever happens when somebody's a bully and somebody stands up to them and they take them down, they stop being a bully because they've been made a public spectacle. That's all Satan is. He's a bully. He will bully you as long as you let him. And as long as you try to handle it in the flesh, he'll win. But the minute that we stand and we say, we don't stand in the flesh, we stand in the spirit, we stand in what Christ has done, it's finished. See, that's why Jesus on the cross, he said before he died, it is finished. It's over. It's done with. No longer does Satan have any power over us unless we give it to him. It's been dealt with. It's a struggle to engage in prayer, and it's even a greater struggle to engage in fasting. Because they're both contrary to to the natural flesh. I mean, personally, I, I like to eat. I'm not, I'm not like a, a foodie or anything, but I mean, I'm hungry. I like to eat. There's certain things that I like to do. 
Maybe there's nothing wrong with them, but they feed my flesh. What happens? Jesus said in Matthew 5, those that hunger and thirst for what? Righteousness will be filled. Our natural flesh hungers and thirsts for the things of this world. We don't have to teach it to do that. I don't have to teach my two and a half year old son to want things. I mean, we go into a store, I mean, even everything in our house, he's convinced that this is his iPad. He constantly says, my iPad. I go, no, no, that's daddy's iPad. Daddy's letting you use it. But he all we don't have to teach him to say, my? I mean, if you've seen Nemo, it's all the seagulls. Mine, 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 mine. That's kind of what we're like. In Matthew 17, a man brings his son who's suffering from epileptic seizures to Jesus. Said he brought him to his disciples and they couldn't do anything for them, for him. And so he brings him to Jesus and it says, Jesus rebukes a demon and the epileptic seizures stop and he's healed. And then he rebukes his disciples for their unbelief. But then Jesus says something in chapter 17 of Matthew, verse 21. This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And you look and you go, whoa, what's up with that? Now, am I, now am I saying to every person that suffers from epileptic seizures that it's a demonic thing? No. But, but somehow the Father knew that, and so did the disciples and Jesus. But Jesus was the one that could deal with it. Because he understood it didn't have to do with what he knew. See, the disciples thought, hey, well, we've seen Jesus do this. We, we know the equation. You know, we speak the mantra and it'll all happen. Let me tell you that our Christian walk does not get strength by knowing equations or even Bible verses. It's from doing the time. I would love to be, you know, my height 6'4 and, you know, weigh about 200 and just be yoked. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. It ain't going to happen. Thanks, sweetie. (laughs) At least I'm not unequally yoked, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's not going to happen because I'm not willing to pay the price for that to take place. Understand the same thing, that we do not become spiritually strong without a cost. That's what fasting is about. Fasting is saying, I'm willing to make a sacrifice in my flesh that God may rise up in my spirit. That I'm choosing to deny something that is natural and that I want to allow God's spirit to breathe life into me in a new and powerful way. See, that's one of the things that the disciples didn't get. I mean, we see out throughout the Gospels, Jesus would take time away and he'd go to be with the Father. So he'd go to a solitary place and he would pray. And then he would go be with the people. The one time we see Jesus taking his disciples, what'd they do? They fell asleep. How many of you go, man, I'm tired? Like I said, that's the other thing that always happens when you want to pray. You've never been so tired. You want the cure for insomnia? Pray. You haven't slept for a week, just start praying, man. It'd be boom, you're gone, you're out. You don't need sleeping pills. 
Galatians 5 verse 16 says this, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. See, what it's saying is, what the flesh wants and what the Spirit wants, they're opposite ends of the spectrum. So basically, whatever it is we want naturally, that's the flesh. Whatever God says we should need and want, that's spiritual, that's supernatural, and it takes denying the flesh. What did Jesus say? You want to be my disciple? Then deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. That's the equation. I hate that equation. I would like, why couldn't it say, serve yourself? Do whatever you want, and they'll know that you're my disciple. No. I'll just be my own disciple. Philippians 4, 6. Most of us know this verse. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Worry as natural as can be. I mean, have you ever had to tell yourself to worry? Have you had to train yourself to worry, to be anxious? No, situations just bring it about. Prayer has to be a choice. It says, tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. And if you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Here's the deal. In the Spirit, we thank God for what He's done before you see it. In the flesh, you don't do that. I mean, you ever tried to cash a check that you haven't actually gotten? The bank will laugh you out of the bank. Say, well, until you actually have the check, we're not going to give you any money. Yeah, but next week, man, I'm getting paid. But in the Spirit, we thank God for what He's already done. He says, no, don't worry about it. Pray about it and tell God what you need and then thank Him for what He's already done. You go, that doesn't make sense. Well, it doesn't make sense. Because it's contrary to the flesh. It's contrary to the mind. It's contrary to our natural thinking. It says that we walk by and not by. Makes sense then, doesn't it? It says, and then you will experience the peace that goes beyond your understanding. We're going to start this 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now, again, it's, it's really up to you what you decide to do. There's, there's no judgment here. There's no expectation other than my hope. My hope is that you will engage. My hope is that you will engage in a way and in a place you've never engaged before. If you have engaged in, you know, uh, fast before in a certain way... I want to challenge you to go deeper, whatever that looks like. I know there are some of you that have probably never fasted a day in your life. I went through years as a believer and never fasted a day in all of my life. I probably had fasted a meal here and there. might have been just because I forgot to eat. I know if I was actually, maybe really didn't have to do with fasting. But I had never fasted a whole day. And I remember the first time I did that, it was like, whoa. And there was a period in time where God challenged me. I did that for like a year, one day every week. 
It doesn't matter what you have or haven't done. We're not comparing ourselves to anyone else. It's what is God saying to you? If God is challenging you to do a liquid fast, where it means you fast from all food and you only eat liquids, then He'll give you the strength and will encourage you and will build you up. If God's challenged you like He did with Daniel to do what's called a Daniel fast, where it's fruits and vegetables and water or just other liquids, then engage there. For some of you, the biggest struggle in your life would be to not have do Facebook for 21 days. Not tweet for 21 days. Not check your email every two minutes for 21 days. For some of us, myself included, coffee is a central part of my mornings. <laughs> like a friend of mine used to say, hey, if I'm stepping on some toes, just pray for them and God will heal them. <laughs> So to go without caffeine, because my wife, she's always trying to get me to stop drinking coffee. And how do we know that it's an addiction? Because when you stop drinking it, you get a really bad headache for a few days. See, it doesn't matter. What is it? Because here's the deal, that when we take something out of our life that we normally do, then we need to replace that with a spiritual activity. That's why it's fasting and prayer. To just fast is nothing more without prayer. It's just a diet. I mean, there's people, that's, that's their diet. You know, do a 10-day fast and clean your system. Well, that's great, but that won't affect you spiritually at all if prayer is not in the midst of that. To just stop doing something is an act of your will. But to stop doing something that you may give place to your spirit becomes a spiritual activity. That's what God wants. That's what God desires. See, we're believing that this time will be about breakthroughs. There's three weeks. You know, that's pretty smart, huh? 21 days, three weeks. I know, I know you guys are like, whoa, his mind works so fast. I already had that figured out before I showed up today. But we're believing that each week, that God has a focal point for us to see breakthrough happen. This first week, we're believing for breakthrough in your life, your family's life, and your friends' lives. And here in just a little bit, we're going to give you a little card that's got some places on there for you to write what you want to see God do, what you want to see God break. There's some of you that have um, addictions that God wants to break this week. There's some of you that have habitual sin that God wants to break this week. There's some of you that have a wrong sense of who you are that God wants to break this week. There's some of you that have a horrible relationship with your family or your family is horrible and God wants to break that this week. There are some of you that have friends that desperately need to know Jesus and God wants to see that broken in their life this week. Doesn't mean the answer to all those are going to happen this week. No, but that's what we're going to believe God for. We're going to believe. I love this verse. It's out of Isaiah 58. It says, Is not this the kind of fasting I've chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. 
That's the kind of fasting God calls us to. He was talking because the Israelites had gotten into this habit of fasting just to look and appear spiritual. See, it's not to impress anyone else. That's why Jesus said, hey, when you fast, don't look somber. Don't make a big deal out of it. Dress the way you normally would. Go through your day the way you normally would. Don't make a big deal out of it. Because it's not to impress people. It's to honor God's Spirit. What are the things that God wants to break in your life? The second week we're going to we're going to talk about and believe God to see breakthrough in our church, to see breakthrough in our communities, to see breakthrough in our nation. Believing that this is a time unlike any time that's ever been. To believe that there are things that God's Spirit is stirring that have never stirred before. See, God is not a repetitive God. He is so, He's the Creator. He doesn't, I mean, look in this room. I mean, is there any two people in here? You go, yeah, they pretty much look the same. Even identical twins, once you get to know them, they're not even remotely the same. Every single person since time began was unique. That's crazy. Every person has a unique fingerprint. I mean, don't you wonder after so many billion, wouldn't God have to do a repeat? No. So understand, whatever God has done in the past, however He's moved in the past, He'll do it differently now. And it doesn't matter how He does it. It matters that He does it. It matters that we give Him place, allow Him to move. Choosing to say, whatever it costs me, God, I want to see You move in my life. I want to see breakthrough in my life. I'm sick and tired of living life the same way I've been living it. I'm sick and tired of our church looking the same way it looked last week. I'm sick and tired of our community just going to hell in a handbasket. I'm sick and tired of all the things being the way that they are. What does it say in 2 Chronicles 7.14? If my people, if my people will humble themselves, repent, and pray, then I'll hear their cry in heaven. I will answer their prayer and I will heal their land. But there's a big if. 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 Who's God's people? We are. Some of you I know are probably, you know, going, well, what is fasting really about? It's choosing to set a time for spiritual breakthrough. To make a sacrifice to see God work in our life. Again, oftentimes it, it is taking and, and pulling food or drink or whatever out of our life. But whatever has a place in your life that takes up a huge part of your daily practice, you can choose to deny yourself and to sacrifice it and then replace that time. Because again, you could fast from all, not even from every meal and then just. Be busy doing whatever. Oh, sweet, i got more time to study. Or I'll just work through my lunch hour. No, we have to choose to replace that time seeking God. And there are some of you that for health reasons, you're not able to fast in certain ways. Don't feel any guilt from that. We want you to be healthy. We send out to all of you the fasting guidelines. We've got some here. 
I mean, you need to do it healthily. If God asks you to do something, then make sure that you can do that. If you feel like God tells you to go 40 days without drinking, come and talk to me. I don't think that's probably God. There's lots of ways in which you can fast. But I want, I want to, uh, could we, could we hand these cards out? I want to actually, I want to spend the next few minutes. I want to, I want to pray. Because on here it says, breakthroughs I'm believing God for in my life, my family, my friends. What would God have you believe for? See, some of you go, well, man, that's too big. I mean, there's no way that person would come to know Jesus. How do you know? How do you know? Is there anyone beyond the hand of God? Some of you have been struggling with something for years in your life, and you think, yeah, I've prayed about it, I've done this, I've done that. Yeah, but maybe we can believe God that this is the time it's done for good. That the enemy who is a liar will be shut up for good. Just as Jesus says it, will say, it is written. And we'll put the Word of God back at him because the Word of God is truth that breaks down every lie. I'm going to pray right now and, and then I'm going to ask that you would, you know, and you may not fully fill this out now, but just if there's some things stirring in you, that you write them down. This is just for you. You're not going to give this to us. This is between you and God. You can share it with other people if it's, you feel you're supposed to. But Lord God, Lord, I, I believe that God this week, supernatural things will happen in our lives. That God, as we choose to deny our flesh, that's contrary to our spirit, as it said in Galatians, that what the flesh wants, the spirit doesn't want. What the spirit wants, the flesh doesn't want. But when we walk according to the spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so God, even this week, as we choose to deny ourselves, to honor our spirit, to engage you in a way and at a depth that maybe we've never done before, to believe you, God, that this is a week of breakthrough in our lives, in the life of our families, in the life of our friends. That that's the kind of fast you call us to, Lord. That's what it says here in Isaiah, and we believe it. And so, God, as we choose to engage, we're going to engage the enemy in battle this week, understanding that he's going to come after us. But as long as we walk in the Spirit, he's got nothing. He's got a shotgun with blanks. He can shoot at us, but it means nothing because we stand. We've done everything, we'll stand. Not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Lord, we'll gather together to uphold one another, to pray together, to encourage one another. God, that we can believe for breakthrough this week. And Lord, that it will be the beginning. Lord, it'll be like the beginning of a tidal wave. And Lord, your Spirit will begin to run through our lives in a way that will just eradicate and eliminate everything that's not you. God, that only the things of your hand, the things of your spirit, will survive. You'll be like a mighty rushing wind. 
you'll separate the wheat from the shaft, that, Lord, it will be blown away. May it be today even so, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. I would encourage you, again, I mean, this is between you and God, but I would encourage you to share it with somebody, to be praying with you, to be standing with you. Because we can just go, okay, yeah, that sounds nice. And just go through another week. How many of us know a week goes like that? I mean, our, our daughter is almost six weeks old already. And I'm like, wow, how's that possible? A week goes by like that. But if we engage in the things that God has for us, a week can change eternity. You've been listening to The Now Principle with Pastor Chris Gleason, the radio ministry of Revolution Church, where we are committed to being grounded in His Word and empowered by His Spirit. We invite you to visit us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. We meet at Leslie University's Brattle Campus in the Washburn Lounge, located at 10 Phillips Place, Cambridge, Mass. If you would like prayer or more information, call 617-441-0777 or visit hearlistenobey.com. This is a listener-supported program, and if you would like to partner with us, we invite you to go to hearlistenobey.com as we stand for God's Word and God's Spirit in Harvard Square. Hi, this is Pastor Chris from Revolution Church. Thank you for listening to The Now Principle. We would like to personally invite you to join us for Easter service at 10.30 a.m. We meet at 10 Phillips Place in the Washburn Lounge on Leslie University's Brattle Campus. Go to hearlistenobey.com for more information. We hope to see you soon.